0: what it says I can do I can be who it says I can be and I will have what it says I can have today I will hear the word of God I boldly declare that my mind is alert my heart is receptive my ears are open and I better not go to sleep I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the spirit of God. We thank you, Father, for this church. Father, I pray that every word that is spoken will minister life, encouragement, and inspiration to your people. And as I step back, I thank you for the spirit of God stepping up so that everything that is said and done will bring you glory and encourage your people. And I declare this now in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. I started a new series last week called Spring Cleaning. Just look at your neighbor and say, have you cleaned your garage yet? And the focus of that series is to provide some practical uh, principles from God's Word to organizing and prioritizing our lives. And so I'm going to continue that on next week. But I felt this morning a change to the message. And typically I don't like these type of changes because I'm I'm a regimented type person, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to focus. But I believe that whatever God gives you to give is going to be a blessing. So I have a shotgun message this morning, and uh, I'm not sure who this message is for, but I know it's for someone here today. Just touch your neighbor and say, this is just for you. So if you're taking notes, it's a long topic, but this is how I got it. This is a long topic, and here it is. What to do when you don't know what to do. Everybody say, what to do when you don't know what to do. See, there are times in life that we face situations or we're in the midst of circumstances and we may not know what to do at the time. And I've been in those situations a whole lot as a pastor. There have been opportunities and situations that have come up in my life and I had no clue what I was going to do. So part of the lesson this morning is going to be me giving you testimonials of what happened in my life when I didn't know what to do and God told me what to do. Can I get an amen? Amen. So my goal today is to give you some spiritual principles and some practical steps that will help you know what to do when life throws a curve to you. So if you have your Bibles, find 1 Samuel 30, 1 Samuel 30. That's going to be our main text this morning, 1 Samuel chapter 30. That's in the Old Testament. We're going to look in verse 1. And then we're going to look in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. That was 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. And then Joshua chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 2. Now we're going to jump right into uh, 1 Samuel because the context of this story is the backdrop to why I'm teaching you this lesson this morning. And I believe with all my heart that if you're in the midst of something that you don't know what to do before the end of the day, you will know what to do. As a matter of fact, if you are not in a situation that you don't know what to do right now, if you're not in one, just save this 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 message because one day in your life you're going to get in something that you don't know what to do. Amen. First Samuel chapter 30, look in verse 1. It says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag had smitten uh, Ziglag and burned it with fire, verse 2. And they had taken the women captive and that therein. They slew not any, in other words, they didn't kill anybody, either great or small, but they carried them away and they went on their way. So David and his men came back to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David. And the people that were with him lifted up their voice and did what? wept. Well, and that's what a lot of us do. When we're in the midst, midst of something and we don't know what to do, the first thing we do is cry. And you know what? It's okay to cry. Amen. But eventually, you're going to have to dry those tears up. Amen. They begin to weep until they had no more power to weep. In other words, they begin to have those, those dry, you know, dry cries. You know, a dry cry. <laughs> <laughs> See, you do that when you don't have any more tears. So they were all sitting there doing that. And David's two wives were taken. And Abigail, the wife of Nabal, was one of them, and Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. I could see why. For the people spoke of stoning him. So not only was his wives and his children and his stuff taken, the men was too. And so now they decided, look, we just need to stone this guy. And so it says, watch this. David, because the soul of the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abathar, the priest, the Amalekite's son, I pray, bring me the ephod. And Abathar brought the uh, the ephod to David. Verse 8 says this, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered and said, what? Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover what? Recover all. So here's the first point that I want to give you if you're taking notes. When you're in a situation and you don't know what to do, the first thing you need to do is look up and don't give up. Everybody say, look up and don't give up. Watch this now. Verse 6 says this. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Go to Joshua 1. Go to Joshua chapter 1. I love what David did because I believe with all my heart the way David encouraged himself is that he looked back at what God has done had done in his life already. And sometimes when you're going through something and you don't see a way out, what you need to do In in looking up, you also need to look back. Because David, I remember, he slew a bear, he slew a lion, he even slew Goliath. In other words, he looked up, but he looked back. Well, in Joshua chapter 1, I'm going to show you this word where it said that he encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm going to show you this word encourage, in Joshua chapter 1. In verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go up to the Jordan, and all these people into the land I will give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given it to you. Verse, Watch this now, verse 5. I'm jumping down to verse 5. I read that so you can see the context. It says, There shall not any man stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Watch this. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Verse 6. Be what? be strong see that word be strong that's the same word where it says he encouraged himself in other words the bible says he saw himself strong in the lord because sometimes when you're in situations the situations will make you feel weak but the bible says when we are weak he is strong see it's it's not until you're faced with something that the greater one on the inside watch this now can be exposed on the outside david encouraged himself that word be strong is what he did he told Joshua be strong and of good courage watch verse 7 he told him again he says only be thou strong the word be thou strong is the same word where David said he encouraged himself verse 9 says this have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage Joshua God had to tell Joshua three times in a situation to be strong and there are going to be times when you're in the midst of something and you don't know what to do What you need to do is remind yourself to be strong. You need to encourage yourself. Touch your neighbor and say, you need to encourage yourself. Now, let me give you the key to your strength. When you're going through something, the Bible says that when we go through adversity and we faint, it's because our strength is small. In other words, when you're going through something, the only reason you and I faint is because our spiritual stamina is not where it needs to be. So the key to our strength, watch this now, is knowing this. Just because you don't know what to do doesn't mean God doesn't know what he's going to do. I'm going to say that again. See, the key to your strength when you're going through something that you don't know what to do, the key is knowing that just because you don't know what to do, doesn't mean God doesn't know what he's going to do. See, God already has a plan in mind. And in Psalm 121, I love this verse because the old saints would say this verse. Verse 2 says that I will lift my eyes into the hills from which comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. Listen, we have the greater one on our side even though we may not know what to do. And I've been in situations where I did not know what to do. And when you are a leader, everybody say a leader. Leader. When you are a leader, your response and your reaction is critical because you have people following you. See, when I'm dealing with issues, it's just not me and mine anymore. I have to think of thousands of people who are following me. So now watch this. My reaction and my response... It's going to be critical to the following of the people. Amen. Now, let me give you two keys to looking up and not giving up because that's my first point. When you're in something, you need to look up and not give up. So here are two keys. Here's the first key. You must stay spiritual-minded instead of becoming flesh-minded. When you're going through something, you got to stay spiritual-minded instead of staying carnal-minded. In other words, When a spiritual mind thinks like the Word, a carnal mind thinks like the world. A carnal mind looks at all the obstacles that you're going through or could potentially face. That's what a carnal mind does. But a spiritual mind keeps its mind on the Word. A spiritual mind says, even if I don't know, God knows. Amen. Now, here's the second key. You must look back as you look up. I said that earlier, but here's the key to that. See... When, when we were going through our loan process and had been denied several times, I stopped counting how many times. You know why? Because counting how many denies keeps a person focused on the denies. I know a pastor and uh, he, he, he got, they got denied 50 times. How many know I'm not going to count that far? So here's what I decided. After about three denials, this is what I told the Lord. I said, Lord. How many times did Pharaoh tell you no? Okay, remember when he sent Moses to Pharaoh? He says, now, Moses, look, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, and uh, this is what you're going to tell him. And if he don't listen, then this is what you're going to do. Well, if he didn't listen, how many plagues did God send to Pharaoh? Ten plagues, right? So I told the Lord, I said, Lord, now, Pharaoh told you no ten. I'm not going to go past ten no's myself. I mean, what's good for God is good for me. Amen. So I was not going to be denied 10 times. I mean, if they deny God nine, then I should be denied nine. But then when they go past 10, it's like, okay, now wait a minute, God. The same power that rose Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me. So I'm expecting a yes. So sometimes you have to look back. And uh, I remember when we first started our church, I think we were about three years in. Maybe two. And uh, it was a day. You think this is bad weather? This is not bad weather at all. I mean, it was cold, and it was one of those weekends where it was supposed to snow and ice, and and, the, and I'll never forget the, the weathermen were on the, on the TVs. It's treacherous weather is coming. It's treacherous. I can't even spell treacherous, but I mean, it was treacherous, right? So I'm like, treacherous weather is coming. So my staff already started asking me, are we going to have church this weekend? I said, I don't know. Now, I had decided because of the treacherous weather that I was going to stay at home. So I never forget. Now, y'all know how long ago this is by what I'm about to say. I went to Blockbuster Video. (laughs) That was long ago, wasn't it? I went to Blockbuster Video to go buy some movies. For me and my family, because we were going to stay in on that Sunday morning and watch movies. And so Saturday rolled around and it was bad, but none of the stuff that he said would happen was what had happened. It was just cold. I mean, it was like in the in the low 20s. It was cold outside. So Sunday rolls around and it's still cold, but none of that bad stuff had happened. But then some churches have still closed. I called some churches around, and we're closed. I called another church, and one pastor told me, we will never close. He says, if I have to sleep at the church, we're going to have church. I said, well, praise God, I can't sleep at the school, so that's not an option for me. So finally, you know, I did what you're supposed to do when you don't know what to do is I asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want us to do? And I was hoping in Jesus' name that he would say, Evan, stay at home and enjoy the movies today. (laughs) I wasn't thinking about nothing. I wasn't thinking about y'all. I wasn't thinking about money. I wasn't thinking, I was like, look, we just going to go home and chill and all the members would appreciate me just closing church. The Lord told me he wanted us to have church. Oh, my God. I was not a happy pastor. So I sent out a message. We're having church. And so I'll never forget, you know, we had church and half of half of the people showed up. Half of half, right? It was bad. And so, uh, but I'll never forget that day we had the best praise and worship we had ever had. I mean, praise and worship that morning was fantastic. And the message was awful because I don't even remember it. I didn't want to be there. So I'll never forget. That Monday roll around and I get a call from the finance uh, finance committee, pastor. They gave me the numbers for the offering and I was expecting, you know, like way low because you know the saints are not disciplined enough. If they don't come to church, they don't give. (laughs) Some of y'all. So you know it was way. I just was. I I didn't have no expectation because my thing was we was gonna have zero anyway, because I wasn't gonna have church. Man, I get there and they gave me the numbers. And, and and watch this. The Lord had put it on one member's heart to give a special offering that they had never given before. And their special offering made up the difference as if everybody came to church. And the Lord said to me, Evan, I just wanted you to see this ain't about you. See, sometimes we're going through something and even though we don't know what to do, what we have to realize is that once God comes through, we will have a testimony at the end. And see, many of us, we don't run, we don't have a testimony. What we have is a story about how somebody helped us. That's different now. A testimony is when you can say how God has brought you up. A story about somebody who helped you is that when you asked for help, and they gave it to you. Amen. So we have to, to look up, we, to not give up, we have to look up. So now, let me ask you a question. How many, when you've gone and gotten in trouble before, you picked up the phone before you went to the throne? Let me see your hand. Yeah, I mean, who, who, who hasn't done that? So point number two is this. In order for us, even when we don't know what to do, that we find out how to do it, is we have to go to the throne before you pick up the phone. Go to the throne before you pick up the phone, because sometimes we're calling, watch this now, for help when we really ought to be calling for wisdom. Uh, one of the members called me uh, two weeks ago, and they didn't call for help. They called for wisdom, said, Pastor, here's the deal. My family's been sick for a whole year. We've been trying to figure out what's going on. My son had to have his tonsils put, pulled out. He's had uh, he's had two different kinds of Uh, flu and and he had this and this and that. Now he's on asthma medication. Now my whole family is on this and this and this. And And we come to find out that our house had mold in it. He said, the doctor told us, do not set foot back in that house again. He says, Pastor, I need some wisdom on what I need to do. Once he said, Pastor, give me some wisdom on what to do. Compassion hit me. Everybody say, compassion hit me compassion hit me he didn't call for help but how many know he got some not only did you and i help him because when i help we help it's the church helping the church stepped in and they didn't have to spend a dime to move or find another place listen god found a place for them the realtor we assigned them to found them a place walking distance from where they lived not only were they able to move out They found a place that was upgraded from the place that they had. All their needs got met. Watch this now. They moved in and everything worked out fine and they didn't have to spend a dime. And it's because they called for wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom. So, So instead of calling for help, we need to call for wisdom. Because here's the thing. If somebody else bails you out, then their faith is what grows, not yours. I'm going to say that again. If somebody's always there to bail you out, it's their faith that's growing, not yours. Amen. So we need to get to a point where instead of getting on the phone, we go to the throne. Now, recently, everybody say recently. Because let me throw this at you. Let me throw this at you. Sometimes you need from the throne can come from spiritual leadership on the phone. Now, I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the wisdom that you need that you may not get from the throne, it'll come through some spiritual leadership on the phone. But see, I don't want you to start with the phone. I want you to start with the throne. Well, sometimes I start with the throne and I end up on the phone. And there's nothing wrong with that. See, recently uh, we had a situation just just this week uh, where we were going to have to move our administrative offices. Okay. A new owner is buying the building that our church leases. Right. And so uh, they came and said, oh, well, they'll work with you all and let you stay in the building until your building is built. But every time things kept changing. Okay, the first time, it's like, okay, yeah, you can do that. Then they came back and said, well, but we need that warehouse that's in the back. They're going to make those warehouses out of offices, okay? So now we're there, and we got to move out of the uh, the warehouse and go put that in storage, okay? Then we went back and said, oh, well, on top of the warehouse and the storage, uh, we need to also share that building with you. In other words, the the warehouse, well, they, they also wanted, well, the second time we went back, they, there some offices where our counseling takes place and where our membership services department is. They came back the second time and said, well, we need those offices, too. Well, that's going to misplace four people. So then I was like, well, we're going to misplace four people. I don't have no more where to put those four people, so we're going to have to move. So we started investigating moving, and so, uh, but we didn't tell them that. How many know you can't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing? See, here's the deal. At the end of the day, it's business. See, Pastor Evan does business from his head. I do ministry from my heart. That's the way it is. So uh, so we didn't tell them what was going on, but we found out the guy that we were buying the building from was the same guy that was finishing out the warehouse for them. So I had to tell him, don't tell them that we're coming to you about renting some new space. So now, then we go back and we finally let them know, hey, we're, 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 we're going to move. Oh, wait a minute, don't do that. I said, well, we can't do nothing with the four people, y'all. So they they came and said, tell you what, we'll let the four people stay. We'll let the four people stay. uh, But we're going to have to share the building when it's all finished out back there. But watch this, guys. None of the rent amount was changing. Now, they gave us a $500 deduction from the warehouse. But all this, you know, we're going to have to hear hammers and all that kind of stuff. And so... So finally, we sat with them, and they was like, well, y'all got a good deal based on square footage pricing. Well, how many know a good deal ain't based on square footage pricing to me? <laughs> so long story short, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do now because I knew it was going to cost us some money to move. And I knew where we were moving to, we were going to end up having to have two different offices to house everybody. They were right, right by each other, but we were going to have to move, all that kind of stuff. So I called my pastor. I said, Bishop, I said, I have a situation, so I laid it all out to him. And he says, well, Evan, what you need to do is you need to tell them they need to come down on the rent. I said, well, Bishop, how much money should I tell them? He says, well, that's up to you. I said, well, we would save $1,800 if we moved. So I'll just ask them for $1,800 a month. He said, do you do that? And he says, if they ask you how much money that you need to, you know, to come down, if they ask you, he says, then you know that they need you. So I went back. I told them 1,800. They almost fainted over the phone. <laughs> they came, They were like 1,800. Like for each month, I was like, yeah. So they was like, well. So they came back and said, well, we'll give you a thousand. Well, how many know a thousand wasn't enough? Yeah. But my pastor told me what to do. He said, whatever number they come back with, tell them to split the difference from the first number you got, you had. Well, the difference between that thousand and that 1,800 was 400. 400 more dollars. Well, guess what? I called him back up. I said, here's the deal. Now, now I, don't, I don't recommend that you do this unless you're ready to, to, to hold on to yourself. Okay? <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> it just came out that way, okay? I called him. I said, listen. Now, this is the broker in between, and he's really negotiating for them. I got God with me. They got him with them. Okay, so I said, uh, here's the deal. We need four hundred more dollars. That's splitting the difference between the first amount that I gave you. And just know, I said tell them don't come back with another number. If you can't give me the four hundred, we're moving. That's a boss move right there. <laughs> I was on the phone like I mean, no, they came back and gave us everything we said. Sometimes when you don't know what to do, all you have to do is pick up the phone and get some spiritual guidance and leadership from somebody who can tell you what to do. Amen. So here's my last point. Here's my last point. Uh, And here's what's interesting. This same principle applies. Remember when when Jesus was feeding the 5,000 before he did it? He told one of his guys, he said, listen, go, go, go feed them. And they said, well, we don't have enough bread or much, enough money to go buy that kind of food. And the Bible says, Jesus said that to him because he already knew what he was going to do. So at the end of the day, God already knows what he's going to do. So here's, here's the last thing I want to I share with you. Once you get some wisdom from God or you get some wisdom from somebody who knows what they're talking about. And let me tell you, let me give you some criteria of who you need to get wisdom from. Okay? You don't get wisdom from your girlfriend who's who's gone through the same thing and and messed their life up. Don't go to a divorce attorney to see if you should get a divorce because he makes (laughs) money from divorces don 't go to a bankruptcy attorney to get some wisdom on whether you should file bankruptcy because I guarantee you when you walk out he 's going to tell you to file bankruptcy because that 's how he makes money. You need to get wisdom from qualified people so what's a qualified person a qualified person who has a tra- they have a track record of good decisions they have a good track record. Of winning they have a good track record of hearing from God so here's what you do once you've got that wisdom you must obey from the heart and then ignore your head everybody say obey from the heart and ignore your head what that means is see the wisdom that comes from God is most of the time it's going to conflict with what your flesh would want to do but see wisdom from god the bible says it's easy to be entreated in other words sometimes it may not make sense in the flesh but it will surely work itself out in the end in other words when jesus told him i already knew he knew what he was going to do he knew he was going to multiply the bread and the fish he knew the end before the beginning. And a lot of times, the wisdom that God gives us is going to contra- contradict your flesh. And so you're going to have to ignore your mind. Everybody say years ago. Years ago. When we were looking, uh, you know, we was, while we, when we purchased our property, I was still looking for a building. Because I I thought, okay, you know what, a great building may come up, we can buy the building, we can stop setting up and breaking down, and then you know what we can do? We can sit there and grow, and then we can build our new facility. And so I was always looking. Well, this this, uh, grocery store came available. And I saw it, I was like, this is perfect. It was three miles from our land. I thought, man, we could just move over there, grow some more, and then move from there through our land and so i saw it and uh i got past the and i got the guy that's building our building i took him i said y'all meet me over here and we went over there we had the people to open up the grocery store and we looked through there and i was like yeah we could raise the ceilings up this much and, and this and that and all this kind of stuff and and so uh i thought it was perfect and then i got home and i said lord uh, what you want me to do what are we gonna do with this building notice i didn't already included him what are we gonna do he says, Evan, it's not yours. Leave it alone. I said, back up. It's not yours. Leave it alone. I got mad. How many have gotten mad at the Lord? I got mad. I was, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I got mad. I stayed mad for a couple of weeks too. So I'm preaching to y'all, but I was mad at the Lord. I said, I preach to your people, but me and you got something we got to deal with over here. So I was mad at the Lord for like two weeks. I mean, I was steaming like broccoli. I mean, I was mad, man. And uh, even though I know God knows best, I didn't understand that situation. I just didn't get it. And that's why I'm saying sometimes the wisdom from God, you're not going to get it. And so I'll never forget. One morning I was steaming. And the best way to let out steam is pray. So I was praying and praying, and finally the Lord reminded me of the verse he gave us like five years ago. That verse that says that, he says, I will take my people Israel, word of truth, and I will plant them in a place of their own and move what? No more. more. So this is what the Lord said. He says, heaven, if y'all moving to that grocery store, would you have to move again? I said, yes. He said, then that's not yours. I felt better because he gave me a verse. Back yourself up with some word, God. When he gave me that verse, I let it go. And I'll never forget, we, we, we're being denied. And finally, we had an opportunity for a loan. See, I'm boosting some of y'all's faith because some of y'all is in some stuff right now. And we were in the, in the and, and, and one of the loan people, one of the banks said, tell you what, we'll do this deal for you. Uh, I even had one company said, if y'all will change y'all's bylaws and become Baptist, then, then we can loan you the money that way. I said, the devil is a So we can't go Baptist. And then another another bank said, uh, I mean, nothing wrong with Baptist now. I'm just saying that I, I can't change just to get some money. So then another bank came and said, okay, we'll do the deal, but you all have to come up with some crazy amount of money. And uh, at the time we had two deals in the middle of something and the lord i said lord which deal do i pick he says the one that's exceeding and abundantly above all you can ask or think i said but neither one of them are like that he said "Then neither one of these are it and then when the loan that we got came available it is exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask think or imagine we closed the six million dollar loan with thirty three thousand dollars who does that Amen. They have locked in our, 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 our two, year, two years worth of, uh, of notes. is so low, they've locked it in for 24 months for us to give us time to build and get in our building. So the faster we get in our building, then all the money we'll be paying for the school, we stop paying the school, we get the key. Amen. So what am I saying? I'm saying is sometimes that wisdom from God may conflict your flesh. So guess what you have to do? You have to obey from the heart. And ignore your head. Everybody say, obey from the heart. heart. And ignore your head. In other words, you have to trust God with the results instead of worrying about the results. I'm going to say that again. You must trust God with the results instead of worrying about about the results. You have to see obedience at the sign of faith. See, in other words, when you get the wisdom, you got to obey God. Everybody say, obey God. When you're in the midst and you don't know what to do, you got to do what you know is right. In other words, until you know what to do, you need to do what you know that's right. Don't stop doing right in the midst of a situation just because you don't know what to do. Still do right. And a lot of times when we're in the midst of something, we stop doing right because our carnal mind says, you need, you need a down payment for your home. Stop tithing. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, if I have to break God's word to get something, I'm going to have to keep breaking God's word to keep it. Oh, you let them calculate your tithe outside of that, that house payment, and when you get in that house, guess what? That, that tithe is going to go to that house, and then your blessings going to go down. And you're going to be like, what happened? What happened is you let that realtor or that mortgage person calculate God's money in your, car, in your house note. Touch your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody right now. See, to live by faith, you must learn to trust more in the invisible. Obedience will cost your flesh. Watch this, though. But it will reward you in the future. The flesh is real, but the spirit is too. And when you don't know what to do, I remember years when we first started our church, and I'm saying these testimonies to help you. Because, see, some of you all don't know the fights that we've had to go through. See, some pastors hide the fight. I don't want to hide the fight because I want the only way I can increase your faith is to show you the fight and show you how I made it through the fight. Amen. When we first started the church, and uh, you know we had uh, 22 people, and uh, you know we had a, a couple that were very successful that that was with us, and uh, you know, but one of them I won't say which one wanted to run the church they wanted to run me and run the church well this is not this is not you know uh the united way and this is not burger king well we're gonna have it your way and uh i'll never forget when it was time to purchase some equipment sound equipment uh the person was like because they wanted to hold a check i couldn't write one check without permission I mean, no, that just, that, that, that don't make sense either. But I let it flow for a while because I was like, okay, well, maybe they have a heart for God. I said, okay, it's time to buy some sound equipment. They said, well, why do you go to the pawn shop? Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ain't no warranties, ain't no guarantees on the pawn shop. Somebody might have stole that stuff. Now I'm playing the Lord's music on stolen <laughs> equipment. Are you kidding me? I said, oh, no, this has got to end today. So I just kicked everybody out. I said, no, we're going to start over. I just started changing stuff. I took the checkbook. And so they got mad. So, you know, we're going to sue the church for our tithe back. And my other 20 members, you know, because it was 22 of us, the other 20 was like this. So they was like, pastor, just give their money back. I said, the problem with that is, number one, it ain't their money. It's God's money. Number two, if I give their money back, I got to give everybody's money back. Number three, if I do that, I'm going to be in trouble with God. And number four, I'm from the hood. I will take your money and sue you in court with it. I was reading the Bible, and I was reading in Revelations where it said that Jesus told that church, he says, listen, I have a problem with you because you have suffered that woman Jezebel. When I looked up that word suffered, it means to pay back wages. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Pastor Evan ain't paying nobody back. And long story short, I never got served papers. The, The church never got a lawsuit. But here's my point again. Sometimes you just have to obey. When you obey, you just got to stand and let God deal with the rest. Because there' are going to be some people that don't like you when you make the decision you make. Amen. Listen, if they, if they want to drop you at work, don't beg them. If your spouse want to leave, I'm not I don't advocate divorce, but you don't beg them to stay. The devil is a lie. You don't beg nobody to stay. If you don't know what you're missing, if you don't know what good thing I am, if you don't know how good I can be for your life, I have two words for you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. People beg, please don't leave, please don't leave. No, 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 no. We're not begging nobody. Look at your neighbor and say, have you been begging lately? Now, I'm not talking about where you done messed up and you begging her to stay now. Because you need to be. See, if you done messed up, you need to be. I'm just talking about somebody who done lost their mind. Because, see, sometimes in relationships, people lose their mind. Oh, so you really think that young girl going to stay with you after you leave your wife? Boy, the crowd is thin, but I'm still talking to somebody right now. You really think that girl going to stay with you? You really think that? Okay, we'll see. Amen. Just look at your neighbor. Just look at them. Just look at them. Don't say nothing. Just look at them. obedience I'm closing right here obedience can only take place when you believe that what God has for you is better than what may be before you I'm gonna say that again obedience can only take place see you can only obey God when you believe that what God has for you is better than what's in front of you see that's how you can let go of an unsaved boyfriend or girlfriend. You can let them go because that means that you got to believe that what God has for you is better than what's in front of you. Amen. And I believe with all my heart, there are some people here this morning that you are in the midst of a situation and you don't know what to do. So let me give you some practical things right now. Number one, don't move until God has spoken. I hear people all the time, and they, they say, well, Pastor, uh, you know, uh, I feel like I need to leave my job. And, uh, and I'll say, did you ask, did you pray about it? No. Okay, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Bible says, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So, so first of all, include God. Second thing that what you want to do, when you're in a situation and you don't know what to do, don't blame God. A lot of times people blank God. Well, I wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't with God. He's in total control. He's got all the power. If he was, why would, they let him, why would he let them lay me off? Well, first of all, that's a man-made structure. What you got to believe is that that job is not your source. If God has to bring a bird to feed you, like he did Elijah, I'd be right at home sitting in front of the TV waiting for the bird to show up at my window. How many know that that's real? See, you will never experience supernatural supply until you have, watch this now, denied natural supply. Wow. See, there is natural supply and there is supernatural supply. But when the natural supply dries up, what are you going to do? The Bible says when Elijah was sitting there at the brook, the brook dried up. When your natural resources dry up, what are you going to do? Are you going to blame God and be mad about being in the situation? Or are you going to say, God, if you are for me, who can be against me? I trust that you're going to bring your word to pass in my life. And some of you all need to dust off your spiritual resume because it's old. When was the last time you can record God doing something supernatural in your life? You crying about being in this situation. God is trying to give you an opportunity to upgrade your spiritual resume. See, the only reason David was able to encourage himself in the Lord is because he was able to look back at what God had did. What has God done in your life lately? Maybe it's time for a spiritual update. So after you didn't cried like David did, and then after the turn of the dry tears. <laughs> after you've done all that, you're going to say, God, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care. Listen, let me tell you this. I'll What time is it? No. Okay, here we go. Can I give you one more? So the first time I had to fire somebody at the church, I. How I many know I don't like firing nobody? I don't like firing nobody. But this situation was kind of complicated, and I didn't know what to do. So I called my pastor up. Because, see, uh, I know where the wisdom comes from. If I can't get it from God, I'm going to surely get it from my man of God. So I called up Bishop. I said, Bishop, here's the deal. I explained everything to him. And, and so he always asked me, before he tells me what I should do, he always asked me, well, Evan, what do you think you should do? Because he wants to see where I'm coming from. And most of the time I tell him what I think. And he says, son, you're right on track. Just add this and you'll be good. Well, this situation, I had no clue what to do. I said, he says, Evan, what are you going to do? What do you think you should do? I said, Bishop, I have no clue what I'm going to do. I said, but I do know one thing. He says, what? I said, whatever you tell me, Evan Connors is going to do. Because, see, I have a track record with my man of God that everything he's told me to do has worked out. Why wouldn't I obey him now? And so sometimes, listen, sometimes instructions from me will come through what I've already taught you. You'll hear a voice in your head that sounds like Pastor Evan. It'll sound just like me. You'll be at home, and that voice will say, don't you quit your job, and it sounds just like Pastor Evan's voice. You'll be like, Pastor Evan, where is Pastor Evan? Evan? Somebody got a CD on in here? No, no, it's it's, it's me in your head because that's God talking to you. You get a voice in your head, uh, don't buy that house. That's not a good house. See, the land that, there are two slots of land. The land that we bought the six acres from, it was a total of 14. They, they were trying to get us to buy the whole 14, but for some reason on the inside of here, I, I was like, no, I can't buy the eight. I can buy the six, but I can't buy the eight. And so because we, want, we wouldn't buy it all, that's why they ended up selling it to somebody else and we ended up buying it for them. But the, here's the story. The other eight, we done found out through all of this research and study to do our building, it's no good. Arlington has a hundred year flood plan. You know where water has to go? Well, guess where the water's gonna be? In that eight acres. We'd have bought that land and it would have been a waste. So sometimes, if I say wisdom from God, I believe there are some of you who need that this morning. With every head bowed, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Evan, I need some wisdom from God. I'm in a situation, and I need some wisdom. I just want you to raise your hand so I can know who I need to pray for. I'm not going to ask you to anything else, but just raise your hand. If you need some wisdom from God, oh, my God, all over the place. Keep your hands up. Man, that's the whole room almost. Father, in the name of Jesus. You said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask from God, who will give us the wisdom freely and upbraid it not, and it shall be given. Lord, you said, What two or three of us touch and agree on anything we can have it. And so, Father, I touch and agree now for every person whose hand that is raised It was your leading that had me to change what I wanted to talk about so you can talk about what you want to talk about. And evidently, God, you got some wisdom available for them. And so, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I ask for you to bring down the wisdom that your people need for the situation that they're in. I thank you the wisdom is going to come from God. I thank you the wisdom is going to come from your word. I thank you the wisdom is going to come from the preach word. I thank you the wisdom is just going to come maybe just through divine counseling. But Lord, I thank you for wisdom flowing into their lives. And I pray that you will give them the boldness and the obedience to do exactly what they need to do. And I declare that now in Jesus' name. Amen. With your hands down if you're here today if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior i don't want to end the service here without giving you an opportunity to do that in other words.